0: Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Good morning. First, I want to say to all of you as brothers and sisters, welcome home. Let us pray. Father, send your spirit to each of us today to cleanse me of myself and make my words be your words. And for those hearing today, I ask that not, they not hear my words, but only the words you have to them in the name of jesus christ i pray amen Amen. everybody's looking going "Uh oh joe's preaching i better get comfortable i (laughs) notice that so uh today i want to kind of take a little journey it's going to be covering our gospel message today uh gospel message was what seemed a little disjointed so hopefully i can help I want to look briefly at the background of our gospel reading. And then I want to explore deeper meaning we can take from today's gospel verses. And finally, I want to look at what we can do to serve God and his kingdom. To help understand the gospel reading, I'd like to take a look at the previous verses to get context. If you look at the last part of chapter 11 in Mark and chapter 12, um, and in the words of a dramatic announcer, previously our hero, who is Jesus, by the way, um, he began his last day in the temple. I want you all to think about this. His last time in the temple. And as he walks into the temple, he, he the day before he had overturned the, the tables. So you all can imagine he made a lot of friends that day of the temple leadership. And as he walks in the first thing that happens is the temple leaders begin by challenging his authority. And then he returns with a parable of the vineyard tenants. I'm not going to get too much into the details. Y'all can read these. But I want to describe kind of the day Jesus had. Which basically the parable of the vineyard tenants specifically starts talking about how the Jews are going to be uh, displaced or the world's changing for them. In Matthew 23... He talks in that day of the seven woes. So these are things, if you want to talk to people and really get them on your side, this is what you talk, tell them they are. Religious charlatans, (laughs) pious thieves, sons of hell. They offer bogus vows. They're neglectful legalists. Masked harpies, that one's my favorite. Spirit contaminated by evil, pretentious murderers, brood of vipers. And when he's done teaching, somebody, one of the scribes asked him a question, which is kind of in our introductory this morning, is what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and your neighbor as yourself. And he said, remember what he's told him in that section. He said, you're getting close. You're close. Jesus is looking for something. He hadn't, hadn't seen it yet. The temple leaders, as he's in the temple, try to trap him. Paying taxes to Caesar. The Sadducees ask him a tricky question about the resurrection. And finally, one of the last, if not the last recorded teaching is in Mark 38 of our gospel reading today. And he kind of continues the same vein. He calls them hypocrites. They seek public recognition by means of their clothing in places of honor. Thieves praying on the weak. You can imagine the temple leadership was sitting back telling him, you know, we appreciate your candor and we'll do all we can to address your concerns. (laughs) No, I don't think so. We all know what happened, the progression that goes from here. If you all want to wonder why, now you understand. But you have got to think about it this way. The whole day was spent in conflict. Jesus was exhausted he was worn out. Most of y'all have had days where you spent basically the entire day in conflict. And you're kind of like, this isn't fun anymore. And he walks out, he wrapped up his temple teaching and he left the sacred area he was in through the Nicanor gate, which is, separates into the, the court of women. And as he walked out, I picture that he was exhausted, frustrated, he sought rest. So I want to give you a visual of the scene as he walks out through the Nicanor Gate, he's on a circular platform about uh, half circle, about 15 feet in diameter, and it has 15 steps down into the court of women. The court of women is a 200 by 200 foot square, with the 60 by 60 smaller courts in the corners, and there's colonnades between them. The in the court to his left is the treasury. And in the treasury, there's 13 chests for the collection of uh, ties and other things. Nine of them are marked for the the required ties, four of them are for voluntary gifts. And on top of these is a metal flute, okay? It's a brass flute, trumpet is what they call it. And it's upside down, skinny at the top, big at the bottom. And when people would put their gifts in, they would dump it down the flute. What do y'all think that sounded like? That place sounded like Las Vegas. You know, those of you who have been in casinos in Las Vegas, noise, a cacophony of sound was going on, attracting attention. So Jesus went and sat down across from the treasury. Any people watched? I mean, can you imagine the scene? How many of you have been in a mall chasing your wife or daughter around for two hours? And you go, I've had enough. I'm going to sit down for a little while. And that's what's going on and he sits down and you can almost envision the apostles hovering around him you know and they're, they're watching people too it's kind of like hey check out the guy in the Armani robe I bet you he's going to make a big racket when he dumps his money in or hey are those shoes Prada slippers I'll bet you that th- she's going to be able to put a lot of money in you can imagine there's a lot of conversation going on in that way Then a widow came forward. We don't have any details, but we can infer from the scene that she was not dressed in expensive clothes or carried a large bag of money with a small purse, a change purse. I imagine it got quiet. No one wanted to look. She emptied her purse into her hand. And two small copper coins fell out. Then she put them in the top of the vast treasure that was already been given. Her money for food for that day, all she had. The coins themselves are called lepton, and it's 128th of a denarii. A denarii is a day's wage. It was enough money for one slice of bread. You know, for, I'll confess, from my worldly point of view, first time I read this, I felt sad for the poor woman. It must have been embarrassing, an embarrassing moment for her. But Jesus immediately Gathered his disciples together, pulled them in. Hey, come here, guys! Come here, guys! Hurry, hurry, hurry! Now, the disciples—I'm sure you realize—they're typically recognized. I'm going to use the term "knuckleheads." You know, at this point, they haven't quite gotten it all yet. From their point of view, it's going. Oh, is he going to rebuke us for watching this? You know, are we going to get in trouble for this again? But no. After the frustrating day that he's had, one person almost got it, almost in the temple. One person. Jesus finally sees what he's looking for true faith in God. He's excited, he's pumped up. Finally, the Son of Man sees what he's looking for. It's real, it's possible. And and I imagine he's looking over the disciples and they're all going, huh, what? Jesus tells them this poor widow has put more in than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Okay, I'm sure confusion reigned. You know, the disciples are going, hey, you know, boss, that uh, guy in the Armani robe, he made a really big racket. Are you sure you're right on this? So all of... All the accountants and engineers or finance guys, we're all looking at this thinking, is this this new math they're teaching in high school? You know, two plus two equals, well, whatever you want it to be. This does not make sense. I cannot logically process what he's talking about. And then Jesus probably looking at his disciples and seeing the confused look on their face, he figured he better explain it to them. For they contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Something of this world or not of this world is going on here. There's something strange. It doesn't rack up with with our modern, you know, our modern system of values. And it's actually very simple. The currency of God's kingdom is not money. It's faith. Adoration. Sacrificial love. Trusting love. All in love. Now I want to go back to the the reading that Mike did earlier in the Old Testament. The same thing was told in the Old Testament reading. When Elijah asked the widow, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. As, as the Lord your God lives I have nothing baked only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug and now I'm gathering, <coughs> excuse me, gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die now those of you parents out there probably process, process that about the same way I did I cannot envision knowing that my child is going to die because they're going to starve to death I just you know, so but that's what the widow was preparing for. And Elijah said, of course, I'm not gonna get into I'm not gonna quote it exactly, but paraphrase he said, No, if you give me the food, God'll bless you. And she trusted him, she had the faith to do that, and he did bless her. All in faith. I mean, literally all in as in, this is the last morsel of food I got. Here, church. Faith is a verb, not a noun. Action is required. Your action, all in action. Now, I will be clear. Every person here believes in God. If you don't, talk to me after the service. But I believe every single person here believes in God. But how many here have the faith in God of either of these widows? In the currency of God's kingdom, how significant is your bank account? All you have, God gave you. Your time on this earth the talents that you have and the treasure that you have all was given to you to use to glorify God. Do you have the faith and trust to do so? God gave you your time, talent, and treasure. Do you show him love with it or do you worship them? Now I'm going to confess here. I know I got everybody a little bummed right now. A lot of things got and get in my way of going all in kids crises weakness greed selfish pride gluttony i think you get the picture what are your reasons and by the way don't tell me (laughs) okay i don't need to know but tell god confess them to your father in heaven and ask jesus to cleanse your soul so where do we go in from here? Where do we go from here? God wants you all in. Does it real, is it realistic for you to change your life 180 degrees? Well, if you can, great. But how about making a small plan? Small change in your life. Look at the time, talent, and treasure God has given you, and take a close look at what you can change. So uh, Play those uh, little Candy Crush games on your phone for two hours a day. Give up a half an hour and read God's Word. Little things. And then make a change again and again and again. So when you come forward to the altar to receive Christ in what we call the Eucharist, open yourself to Him as a child to His Father in adoration sacrificial love trusting love all in love so I'm going to tell a quick metaphorical story those of us with kids have probably been through this or will if your kids are young about 4, 5 or 6 the kids get this picture in their head going hey mommy and daddy give gifts because they love me I love them so I want to give gifts to them Okay, except got one problem. They don't have any money. So what do they do? They come to Daddy and say, Daddy, can I have money? I think most of us have been through that. Sure, what's the first thing we do? Here you go. Here's some money. You can go buy a gift for me. Thank you. It's not the gift. It's the thought. So, And they'll come back. Maybe the gift will be, you know, whatever the amount you gave it. Or maybe it'll be a pretty rock in the box and they spent the rest on candy. It doesn't matter. what matters is that they love you and they're expressing their love in this fashion and that's kind of what we'd expect but what if so what if you look down at that gift and it's 10 20 times what you gave them Man, think about that and and what do you do you know how, uh, how did you do this well daddy I've been saving all year And I wanted to get you something special because I love you. How do you feel about that? How would you feel at that moment? That's how God sees it. I'd like for you all to uh, say with me the words of the psalmist today that are up on the screen. If you would join me. Blessed is he whose help is the Lord God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice from the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.